0: Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. This is the word of the Lord. In the day that the Lord God made the heaven and and the earth, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth, and the whole and the water and water the whole face of the ground then the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being and the lord god planted a garden in eden in the east and there he put the man whom he had formed out of the ground the lord god made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight to pleasant to sight and good for food the tree of life, also in the midst of garden, in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A uh, quick side note: It's not supposed to do that when you preach, but we used to, we'd always say uh, the word of God for the people of God. And I thought, well, that's not exactly welcoming to somebody who came and said, I don't consider myself people of God. <laughs> God's word is for all people. Right? So you don't have to be, feel like you're in to hear God's word and let it speak to your heart. So I want to ask you today, as we begin, if you find yourself stressed, like if something triggers you and you're feeling really stressed, like, oh, I don't know what to do, I, I, who do I call, what do I do, what is the first thing that you do when you encounter a stressful situation? What's the first thing that you do? What would somebody recommend to you? Say it's, an even, uh, it's like a traumatic experience where you just feel really overwhelmed. What would, what would somebody say to you or what would you say to them? Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Just breathe in deeply. Just breathe in. Across all areas of life, this is like a first step if you're experiencing a really uh, stressful encounter. Breath is a way of recentering and calming down. I I I did a quick Google search to see, you know, is this just something I believe in or what? And I said, what do you do if you're having a panic attack? Some people are having lots more panic attacks because things are really crazy right now. And one of the first things that's suggested is to take really deep breaths and small things like breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and all sorts of helpful little tools. But they all really help us to recenter into the present moment, and to calm down. So breath is critical to us as living beings. How long do you think that you can live without breath? I like to swim underwater. It, you know, it's not long that before I start panicking. <laughs> How long do you think you can live? Well, the author of this book, who I'm going to uh, reference a few times, this is called Being with God, A.J. Sh- by A.J. Sherrill, he shares that As people, we can go about 40 days without food. About 40 days. That's a long time. I didn't know we could go that long. We can go uh, 14 days without sleep. I didn't know that either, that if you go longer than that, you will die. If You could stay up for 14 days straight. So don't try it, okay? Work is not that important. (laughs) Four days without water. Four minutes without breath. Isn't that something? Four minutes without breath. That's the max of what we can go, approximately. Some people can maybe train themselves. But our breath actually gives us 90% of our energy. Isn't that shocking? So not sleep, not water, not food, not even coffee. But our breath gives us 90% of our energy. So without breath, we quickly become panicky or anxious or irritated. Shallow breath is a sign of high stress. I remember once when I uh, had a rib injury in hockey, I felt just a tightness in my chest, and I felt a lot more anxious. You know, when you can't breathe, it's hard to really focus on anything else. One of the things I've started to notice in myself that's helped me, help let God guide me in the areas I need to grow and heal, is that when I felt triggered by a stressful encounter I noticed really shallow breath and a rapid heart, just really pounding. What is wrong with me? Why does this bother me so much? But my breath became something that alerted me to a deeper reality. And so by focusing on our breath, we can start to do something about it. So there's a lot of scientific data that tells us how important breath is for us. And I just want to read this. This is a quote within the book that I thought was really good. We may not realize, this is a, a lady named, author and pastor named Tricia McCary Rhodes. She says, we may not realize how shallow our breathing is most of the time, largely because of the stress of life. This reduces the amount of oxygen to our brains, hindering our ability to concentrate. Shallow breathing also causes a buildup of, of carbon dioxide within our systems, which can actually create more anxiety and disorientation. Deep breathing is, therefore, a cleansing act, dispelling toxins and calming our parasympathetic nervous system. The physiological effects of this alone can be powerful, from lowering or stabilizing blood pressure to diminishing the symptoms of heart disease or asthma. Beyond that, deep breathing increases our mental alertness and cognitive processing. Isn't that fascinating? So, the opposite feeling of shortness of breath is the peace which comes over us. And we read some of the scientific reasons for that, you know, and and the benefit of it. And we would all say, of course, breathing, yeah, that makes sense. But it's so easy to get drawn out of that because of the stressful situations we encounter in life. But peace does come over us when we breathe deeply, no matter what we're experiencing. Let's take one together. A deep breath helps you feel more at peace. But I'm not up here today to talk to you about all the scientific reasons you should take a deep breath, but to bring your attention to a greater reality of what that tells us about our relationship with God. So I chose the scripture today because it's the first mention of breath in the Bible. The Bible talks often about the power of breath and creation and giving life. And this is the second creation account. There's two creation accounts, and there's a mystery of why that's the case. But I think partially it's because this one shows the intimacy that God desires with humanity. So there's language that's about men, but it's man and woman that God creates. So God desires this uh, intimacy with humanity, and it begins with expressing that there was no life in creation because God had not acted yet. He had not created anything. And there was also no one to tend God's creation. So we read about that in in previous sections as well. In the final part of this passage, God creates a special place, the Garden of Eden. And distinct from the rest of creation, maybe the most powerful element of what God does is he creates people for this intimacy with God as he creates them. He breathed into them the breath of life. This intimate action of God helps us to know that humans are special. Humans are unique. Living beings rather than a collection of atoms like science would tell us. Random, like the atheists would tell us. Random and instinctual. Just like my dog who can't help but chase a squirrel. That's That's what atheists would tell us is that we're just like them. Just a mix, mishmash of, of atoms and, and instincts. But this text and so many others tells us that God loves humans deeply and breathed into us the essence of his life-giving power and created a place to dwell with us. So breathing deeply brings our heart, our mind, and our spirit closer to accepting accepting that God is with us. Calming our nerves and defenses, helping us to see the true state of our restlessness, which is what we have is, is often a state of restlessness. Maybe you don't experience peace or uh, anxiety or depression or panic attacks, but we all feel so restless and then we reach for something. We reach for the phone, or some reach for a drink, or some kind of drug, or, or some kind of food. <laughs> That's, I'm guilty of that one. Or some sort of outward action to help us deal with the anxiety or the restlessness within our heart. But when we breathe in deeply, we realize that we still have life because we have breath. Duh, right? God intimately gave us this breath, which represents the presence and action of God within us. The Apostle Paul describes the peace that God wants us to feel hear me again on that, the peace that God wants us to feel, not just the things that God wants us to remember. If we're created for intimacy with God, then that means we're supposed to feel a certain way as a consequence. So the Apostle Paul, I thought this was awesome, he's uh, arguing with people. Uh, He's arguing with people in Athens, and he's just really stressed out because he can see that they are living, uh, following idols. And so he's He's talking with them, and they're coming up, and he's, he's kind of trying to help them explain uh, what God wants for them in their own way. And he gets to this point where he starts to just explain to them what God is really after. He's not trying to say, don't follow those idols. He's not trying to say, learn this doctrine. He's just trying to help them understand what God really wants with them. He says in Acts 17, the God who made the world and everything in it. He who is Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands. Remember, this is Paul saying this. God does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything since He Himself gives to all mortals life and breath to all things. From one ancestor He made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and He allotted the times of their existence, and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God, and perhaps grope for Him, and find Him, though indeed He is not far from each one of us. For in Him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. And even as some of your own poets have said, for we too are His offspring. Paul tells us that we're never actually separate from God's presence. We're not more in God's presence when we're here in in worship. We're not more in God's presence when we're serving in some way. We're not more in God's presence when we're uh, reading Scripture or praying. That we are continually, when we are in Christ, we are in Christ. That means He doesn't leave us. (laughs) And Scripture attests to that truth over and over and over again. But our breath, can help us to remember this truth. Breath is the source of life in this Genesis text. And in Ezekiel, God breathes onto, a lifeless, onto lifeless bones and brings them back to life. And in John, as we read earlier, Jesus breathes onto the disciples. He breathes onto them the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Breath throughout the Bible is representative of the essence of life. Of life and the presence of God. So this has been uh, not just a recent development with books like this. Uh, since the fourth century, according to Martin Laird, uh, author Martin Laird, breath has been a potent metaphor for divine presence and a means of cultivating inner stillness. It's a way that we can generate within us inner stillness. That's how we recognize God's presence is when presence when we're still. When we quiet our surroundings so that we can just realize God is with us. Do you ever go sit outside and just realize how much more at peace you have? It's not just from being outside, it's because you've separated yourself from a lot of the distractions of being inside or being at work or having children around, right? There are so many things. So we have many different spiritual habits. Some might remember it as spiritual disciplines that help us to be present to God, to open ourselves to God, not to receive more of God necessarily, but to realize that He's always there and that that truth doesn't change. So out of these traditions, starting in the fourth century, we get practices like the breath prayer, which is combining breathing with a scripture verse or a prayer and so one really popular one is to say i've shared this with you before when you breathe in you say within your mind and heart jesus son of god and then when you breathe out you say have mercy on me a sinner so you can combine scripture with your breathing in order to make yourself more present to god and that can become a, an act of surrender of just saying, Lord, I'm grasping at things, so help me to let go of that. And Centering Prayer is one that I have mentioned often. There's actually a book on Centering Prayer in the old, uh, what do you call it, altar? <laughs> in, the, in the narthex out there, which is only a few decades old and is similar to meditation, but it's all about helping us to, to recognize that we are with God, that God is with us. And one of the most important things that I've realized within that practice is to not just use the prayer word, which when we realize our, our mind is drifting towards different things, you say a prayer word that helps you recenter on God. But actually, if you're sitting in silence with God and praying, doing centering prayer, and you realize, oh, I'm thinking about work, I'm thinking about um, some stressful situation, I'm thinking about the things I would like to do after I get done with this time of prayer, you can focus on your breath as a way of Recentering on Christ. That's what they call a sacred breath. So, as I mentioned earlier, for the last few months, I've been paying more attention to my breathing. And that's actually helped me to notice areas that I need to heal and pay attention to in my own personal life. And now I realize, even before uh, service, I'm so excited to see all of you and I'm talking and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to you and whatever. And I notice that my, my heart rate goes up and my breathing is more shallow. Right, So in that moment, I can take a deep breath and not just say, breathe deeply. Get out the paper bag. (laughs) But through breathing deeply, I can remember this time is not up to me. It's up to the Holy Spirit flowing through me. I don't have to say just the right thing. I don't have to uh, present just the right product. We're here to let the Holy Spirit dwell richly within our hearts. And one of the ways that we can do that is through our breath. So I want to share with you what um, A.J. Sherrill says about how important breathing can be to our time of prayer. But always, any time. He says, breathing is essential to prayer. When we pray, we should breathe deeply and slowly. This practice resets our brain chemistry, calms our bodies And enhances our capacity to live in the present moment. Breath created us and breath sustains us. Part of learning to pray involves relearning to breathe. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) What does anybody think about when you're talking about prayer to really focus on your breathing and, and pay attention to your body? But I hope that if nothing else stands out today, you can see that we can't really uh, let ourselves be one with Christ unless we're willing to realize the way that our bodies get in the way of that. When we're breathing shallow, when when we can't sit still, when we can't have any type of silence, it's really hard to just rest in God's presence to feel the peace that He wants for us within this relationship. So, I know that adding in things to your life is really difficult. It's difficult for me as well. But this, that's why I'm so excited about this reality, that if we can see the connection between deep breathing and just paying attention to our breathing, we can become more aware of God's presence with us. Because, friends, you can take deep breaths all day long. You could, I mean, you could set a timer on your watch. If you need to do it that way, you could develop a habit after your stressful meetings or, or, or uh, conversations or whatever. You can say, I'm just going to stop and for one minute even take deep breaths and remember that God is with me, that I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to try and know exactly what to say or, or how to be. I don't have to be anybody that I'm not. I can just rest with Christ. So the last thing I want to do with you together is to practice. You ready for this? If you, if you fall asleep and I can see you're getting sleepy just from me talking, that's good. That tells me that maybe you need rest. I used to fall asleep during the sermon when I was on the golf course and it's not because I didn't want to listen or I didn't like the preacher. I was just really tired. And that means that you're in a safe space where you feel like you can rest and you feel like you don't have to drift away also happens to me when i'm getting my hair cut it's kind of weird (laughs) kind of weird so let me read this to you uh what uh, what aj suggests as a practice and you could try this on your own but we're going to try it here just for two minutes he says find a comfortable place to sit and take only six breaths per minute Six breaths per minute. Connecting your inhale and exhale with the Jesus prayer below. Repeat this for, he says, five minutes. This activity will relax your mind and create space for increased peace, surrender, and trust in God. So he suggests saying, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, as we inhale and then as we exhale, have mercy on me. And then just from a practical sense, what I found really helpful is... um, If we try to breathe in as deeply as possible, like as far as you can go without hurting yourself, and then breathe out as far as possible. Just try and empty your lungs like all the way to the bottom. If we do that three or four times, like I've done it a lot over the last three or four months, I get up feeling more at peace no matter what. Even if I'm not praying, even if I'm not reading Scripture, but a lot of times that actually helps me to feel more present when I do pick up the Bible. So that it's not just words that I'm wanting to get through, but that I'm actually letting God speak to my heart. So let's try this for two minutes. If nothing else, just breathing in as deeply as you can, as slowly as you can, and then breathing out in the same manner. And let's just let this be God's way of of communicating to us how much he loves us. Breathing in deeply, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, breathing out, have mercy on me. And coming back. Friends, there are so many ways that we can be present to God, but this is perhaps the most simple and the most life-changing, the best for us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I've learned a lot uh, through the last, well, six weeks especially, but everything that's been happening. Now all of a sudden God is showing me things that I didn't realize from everything we've gone through together, right? And how important this is is to our spiritual well-being, not just our physical well-being, and how much healing we all need. I mean, we've been through so much. And the the challenge when we uh, get into that space is that we start to be triggered over and over and over again by stressful things that we see on uh, online or on TV or stressful relationships or whatever. And we we just get further and further away from this peace that God wants for us. And so I'm shifting my approach in preaching to say, right doctrine is not necessarily going to be my main focus of teaching you certain things. Of course, that's going to be in there. But I'd like to take us all on a journey of just being more fully able to rest with Christ because we don't know how things are going to go in the world. I mean, I think we all have a deep sense that something's wrong. But Christ wants us to experience peace regardless. Uh, Paul says there's nothing in heaven or in earth, no hardship, no joy that can separate us from the love of Christ. And so my aim as your pastor is to lead us in living into that truth so that we can receive the compassion that God has for each one of us and then share that compassion with even our enemies. That's what he said, right? (laughs) That's challenging. But that's what God has been teaching me. Somebody asked me last week, um, what did you learn on renewal leave? I can't say much of anything except get back to these fundamentals of our faith that have been lost, have been just totally lost. So next week, uh, I'm going to talk about silence and then uh, thoughts, like paying attention to our thoughts and what to do with those, uh, all so that we can uh, remember and accept God's continual presence with you and love for you. But for this week, I encourage you to remember every time that you take a breath, could you breathe deeply and accept the fact that God is with you, that God loves you, that God is radically for you and will never, ever, ever abandon you. Amen. Well, we already had our silence.